You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Drink run. Here we go. McCafe coffees, shakes, and drinks. Ain't no thing. You the man. Yeah, that's what they're going to say. Oh, Kevin, thank you so much. We love you. That's right. You the champ. The drink run champ. Welcome to McDonald's. How can I help you? Own the drink run, Kevin. Own it. Now get a small smoothie, shake, or frappe for $2 on McDonald's one two three dollars menu. Prices and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. This is the 7th Street Casino Arrowhead Pride Post Game Show on 610 Sports Radio. Call us at 913-576-7610 or tweet us at 610 Sports KC using hashtag AP610. Here's Mike Wicketts and Editor-in-Chief at ArrowheadPride.com, Pete Sweeney. The Pat Mahomes era starts off with a clunker. Chiefs fans, I kid, it's preseason game number one. 17-10, the final. Texans win at Arrowhead. Uh, Ken Swanson along with Pete Sweeney, myself, Mike Wickett. Uh, I mean, let's get some phone calls up. Let's get your impressions of this first game, your first look at your Kansas City Chiefs. Lines are wide open, 913-576-7610. We get you up. We get you on. We want to hear what you have to say faster, better, and later into the evening than anybody else in Kansas City. Pete, your overall takeaway from preseason game number one. I only saw you get loud one time, and it was the final drive of the game. Was I getting loud, or was I getting lit? Ooh. Oh, I see what you did there. I did. I like Chase Litton a lot. I think we just saw, what did we see? Was that a 50-play drive? 51. <laughs> 23. Uh, so that was positive at the end there. As you get toward the end of these preseason games, you got to really focus on the individuals. So to see Chase Litton giving Matty McGloin a little run for his money in the number three quarterback race, I think that's fun. He showed some good accuracy on that last drive. I like what you're seeing. I mean, you're talking about a third quarterback here at 1025. But I, I, I'll tell you what, I, it got better as it went on kind of tonight. I mean, you were really hoping for big things out of Mahomes. You didn't get that. You had an interception early, and then it seemed like you, you saw some guys stand out as the game went on. Kent, I uh, I didn't really have <laughs> any takes from this game. What? I, I know this is going to be one I hell know. of a post game show. Uh, I think <laughs> we have we have a hundred and nineteen minutes I left of this show. I think so. I think That's good uh, to know. I do. <laughs> right. Pete, you and I are going to chat about this one for a while. I do think uh, <laughs> I I do echo your sentiment. It was good to see Chase Litton perform tonight, and uh, there was. I, I, he's a guy that I've been kind of intrigued by this entire process. The three times I've been out there, there's been some things he's flashed with. I've um, I, I've said this at training camp. I think he might have the second best arm in camp, and that's not to say that he's going to dethrone Henny Given Thursday with the touchdown tonight. I I think that because Henny offers you you know more than ten years of experience, I've heard that he's an offensive coordinator in the room. That is his job. But Chase Litton. 
sneaky, sneaky talent. He could turn his career into a Chase Daniel type of thing. The what? guy that Chase Litton was handing the ball off to, Daryl Williams. I like him a lot, too. That was a guy that I that really did impress me in the second half of that game. He's a no-nonsense runner. He's a guy I wrote about. He's one of the lottery tickets that I wrote about this this offseason. Um, no-nonsense guy. He's going to go down and get the yards that are available to him. And he did a couple nice things in the passing game, too, You know, kind of catching some balls late in the flats. Um, I was I was impressed by him as well. Five seven six seven six ten. Pete, do you have any other any other puns? You came in lit, and you got Henny given Sunday. Anything anything else you got over there? I'm not. I can't. I, I mean, like I said a, a minute or two ago, we have 119 minutes <laughs> you don't want to spill left it in this program. <laughs> you want to use all the bullets? <laughs> the first five minutes. Yeah. Five seven six seven six ten. Let's hear from you. Seventeen uh, ten. The final preseason game one. What'd you like? What you did not like? i uh, love to know what you thought. Also, you can text into the Pepper Jacks Grill Famous Philly text line. That number is 69306. Uh, That's 69306. And on Twitter, at Arrowhead Pride, hashtag AP610. We'll start reading some of your tweets. And I got to tell you guys, it's my first time following your open thread at arrowheadpride.com. What did you think of that? Some of the... T- I, it It's interesting. <laughs> it's real interesting. Let's go to the phones. We want to hear from you. Again, 576-7610. Go to Justin and Belton. You're first up on 610 Sports Radio. Hey, what's going on? Welcome to 610. Thank you, man. Um, I just want to say welcome back football. And that Williams, man, he's going to be one hell of a player. I just wanted to let you all know, welcome to 610. And uh, welcome. All right. Thanks, man. We all appreciate that. The only problem with his comment is there are four Williams on the team. We, we didn't. <laughs> Which Williams? We didn't clarify. Just. Justin, you, which Williams? Uh, the running back, 31. Okay, there we go. Oh, the running, right. There are three running backs with the last name Williams. All right. What number, Justin? 31. There we go. All right, now we got <laughs> it. As funny as six guys were 30. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> You're not going to believe that, but no. no. Thanks, Justin. We appreciate it, man. Five seven six seven six ten. That was a guy you were running, writing about. That's Daryl from LSU, Daryl Williams. Uh, he's, he's, got undrafted. Spe- he's got Spencer Ware feel, too. He does. He's got a Spencer Ware vibe to him. I don't think he's quite um, as dynamic as, as Ware is, uh, but there's a lot to work with there. He's not a great athlete, but a no-nonsense runner, powerful, undrafted free agent. If he sticks, three years of club control. Yeah, and, uh, you know, that when you have the club control and they're young, I think that's what the Chiefs are about right now. Like, that is what they have in Patrick Mahomes. Even they expect him to be ready a lot sooner than, you know, maybe potentially other quarterbacks and you have him under control and he's cheap. Why not surround him with all this talent that costs money? Well, I wrote about this a little bit too. Uh, Today, actually, the Chiefs are going to be depleting their depth next year as far as guys like uh, Mitch Morse, Chris Conley, um, David Amerson. A lot of these older veteran players are on their contractors, D Ford. They have a lot of, of contractual issues that they're going to need to address next year. And getting some young guys under club control this year for 2019 would be a huge step forward for the depth of the team next year. Yeah, it's, it's like contract your city this year. Yeah. Like, you, you wouldn't believe it. And, you know, you like to see that because these are players that kind of grew with the Chiefs and you want to see them get paid. But at the same time, if you want this team to kind of consistently be good and be competitive in the playoffs, what you need a lot of the time is a lot of young guys – you know, I know there's a cap in the NFL. It's different, like similar with the Royals did. They had a lot of young guys clicking at the right time, put the pieces in place, and it led to a championship. So you kind of build from there. The uh, the running back, the Williams kid out of LSU. You know, we, you and I were kind of talking about this off the air before we came on. 
he was in Geis's uh, shadow when he was there at LSU. And yeah. This always happens because you get the the factories down there, schools like LSU, schools like Alabama. They always get the five and the four star kids. And if you're a four star running back and you go play at LSU, you're competing with other four and five star guys. So you might be really really good, but somebody else might be really 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 good and take your job. So you know this kid had talent coming out of high school because he got a full ride, he got a scholarship to go to a place like LSU. And playing in the SEC, that's that's a that's a factory for, you know, for athletes. And he did a lot with the time he got at LSU too. He averaged five point seven yards per rush his senior year, scored nine touchdowns on the ground. Very productive guy for the opportunities that he got. Ended with uh, I think eleven hundred total yards last year too. Guy can guy can be productive if he gets the football, but he is so far back and there's a stud right there at the front of the line that you don't know if he's going to get his opportunity to do so here in Kansas City. Sure, but I think he's a guy that if you can keep him on the 53-man roster, yeah. it'd be a nice addition moving forward. It would be him and Kareem Hunt as the only active roster players on the 2019 uh, roster. I'm starting to worry about Sharkandrick West a little bit because he's been dealing with this concussion for it's seemingly all of training camp. It happened very early in training camp, and... We talked about it before camp began. Concussion or not, this was a guy that was a question mark just because of the money he's making this year, and it could be a cut for the Chiefs to make. And it's such a, it opens up a big Pandora's box, I think, when it comes to thinking about the Chiefs and thinking about concussions because this is the perfect situation of a guy who basically like really needs to be on the field right now. And, and it's, it's a guy who's pretty loved in Kansas City. It's, you know, one of those guys, uh, probably a Chief that you'd say – there's something about him you love for no reason. I mean, it doesn't really put up spectacular numbers, but he's a workhorse, smiling all the time, and you don't really want to see him get cut, but he needs to be on the field because there's just so much talent. And, you know, you look at you right there. I mean, you guys are having a conversation. That's the last running back on the roster. I mean, this is super competitive, and Sherkandrick's making a lot of money that could be off the books. So, man, you just hope he can get back sooner rather than later. When you got the emergence of Damian Williams in training camp to this point, too, that's your third running back right now, if you ask me. I mean, Damian Williams has done everything that Sharkandrick West is capable of, but better. He's better in the passing game. He's looked great in the run uh, in, in pass protection. Uh, I, I think it's really going to be hard for Sharkandrick West to make this roster at this point. I would imagine he's gone. The positive thing is if he gets cut, I mean, he's still a very much serviceable running back. I just don't think he wants to leave the Chiefs. I think he likes it here. But, I mean, if you're looking at a positive and that did go down, I, I get the feeling that he would probably land on his feet. 576-7610, the phone number, 913-576-7610. As the, uh, the Texans spoil Pat Mahomes' home debut as a starter for the Kansas City Chiefs, uh, that was the story at halftime. When we were taking phone calls, it was two things. It was... The defense not playing well in that first half. And it was also Patrick Mahomes. Going into the game, it was all about Patrick Mahomes. It was Mahomes, Mahomes, Mahomes. Now that we've had a few hours to sit back and think about his meh performance, meh. I mean, there's nothing really to take away from what Patrick Mahomes did, except he took a hit, got sacked, uh, threw the ball away, and had one bad pass, and then completed five others. Yeah, I mean, they're really, you're right. There's not that much to take away. I do have a couple things that I did pick up on when I was watching that tape. The first play of the game, he threw that throw to Kelsey about 14 yards. He was looking to take that post over the top. And um, he was smart because he he was covered. Tyreek Hill was covered on that post. And there was a guy over the top of it. And he did the right thing 
by just taking the easy throw. And that's something that's going to be interesting to watch with Mahomes for this entire offseason or preseason and then through the season is how he navigates that arm talent that he has. When does he use it? Um, when it, when is he judicious with it? It's gonna be it's gonna be the key to his success. I, there was a couple things like that that were impressive from him. You did see something we saw in Week 17 and something we did see in training camp, which was an overthrow of an open receiver. And to me, is it alarming? Yeah. Is it something to panic about? No. But it is a little bit of a trend. And in a perfect quarterback and 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 sort of the hero now of this Chiefs football team. Just something to notice. I don't think it's ready. You should be ready to jump off a bridge about. It. I just think it's let's just let's just like notice it and let's see if he can correct the next game. Because you you meant you just mentioned something I was about to bring up, Pete, and that is you guys are at camp. The results for for Mahomes so far out of St. Joe have been up and down. I mean, it's, I I don't freak out over training camp performance, but that being said, you've had a couple of weeks now of training camp up and down. Today, he wasn't anything special. He wasn't bad. He wasn't anything. Is anybody's clock starting to to tick on 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 the worry that this kid, you know, early on isn't going to 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 be able to grab the bull by the horns like everyone in this city believes? I think at this point, based on what I've seen, what I've heard from, you know, the coaching staff and from him, I think he's got a good understanding of the offense, what he's being asked to do, and the expectations for him moving forward. And the Chiefs have done a really, really good job about managing and navigating that. So I think the infrastructure is still there. And regardless of the results we see today, and honestly, the, resu- the regardless of the results we see during camp as far as you know the, the mistakes and stuff, I think the process that they've used to this point has been impressive. I'm not worried. I mean, you saw him on the interview, though, after he came out. That hair. I mean, get let's get a comb on the <laughs> sideline for my man. This is someone, or or at least a hat that's not a visor. No, well he he you gotta cover it. The guy loves the headbands. He, he can't get enough of the headband look, and I don't blame him. I mean, he listen, he just got out of college. He's still letting it flow. He talked about his hair the other day. He loves the hair, but it was it was unkept on that final interview of the game. Uh, and so, first of all, if you're gonna come out of the game looking like that, you better do more than five for five for seven for thirty three <laughs> yards. Uh, but no, but in all seriousness, I think, listen, it, it it wasn't the best performance. It wasn't a dazzling performance. It wasn't a horrible performance. It wasn't a bad performance. It was just boring as hell. Yeah, and so to me, when you have a year of buildup and what you get is boring as hell, you're going to be disappointed. And I think that's what Kansas Cityans are probably feeling tonight. I hope people didn't leave Arrowhead deflated because of the performance of, of Mahomes. Like I... I know there are some people that want to see him. I mean, just, I think the 100% they got to be deflated. Why? How could you? I mean, how, how could you? I mean, if you're definitely not inflated, if you <laughs> if you are a, a football fan and you know what the preseason represents and you know what game one of the preseason represents, I understand people are ready to see him just step back and throw the thing a country mile. But if you're a football fan, it doesn't it. <laughs> This is bad. It doesn't matter what you saw tonight if, out of Patrick Mahomes. If you're just checking in on on other teams and stuff right now, I'll tell you what the preseason meant to Baker Mayfield. 11 for 20, 212 yards, two touchdowns, and a passer rating of 125.4. And, of course, Mahomes didn't get that much opportunity. But to, to, to me, it's like it could have been that good. And, like, I'm, I'm listen, I'm not killing. I'm not panicking. I'm not doing anything. I'm just saying, like, it was underwhelming for the build. And is that partially our fault as media and the runner, the person who runs Arrowhead Pride? 
I think to an extent we build this got kid up, you know, quite a quite a bit. I mean, but I think everybody has. And 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 it yeah. goes back to your point that we were talking about in the pregame. This is the first time Kansas City has had one of their own and he could be special. He's had flashes of that shows that he could be a really really special quarterback. And so whenever he's on the field, you're expecting these these numbers. You didn't get that tonight. And is it in was is it deflating? I don't think anyone went left Arrowhead tonight and said, "Okay, this kid isn't the guy." But it didn't lead you. It, it, that performance didn't lead you to believe or, or make you believe any more that he is the guy. I think everybody came in expecting to see something relatively dazzling. You know, we've seen we haven't seen a lot of Pat Mahomes incompletions when we're watching you know clips on Twitter. We've seen all the spectacular. The spectacular has been talked about ad nauseum. Hitting Tyreek Hill in stride, right? Yeah. And you know the the highlights from training camp and the plays that got broken down from the Week 17 game. We've seen all those. We didn't get any moment like that, and I think that's probably if there's some level of deflation, it's because we a lot of fans came expecting the spectacular or a taste of spectacular it's, it's, and didn't get it. It's still a rather small sample size, but you're 100% right. It's it's The thing about Mahomes is you have those moments where you say, Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, Brett Favre, Aaron Rodgers included, that was a play that maybe not everyone in the world could do. Though, you know, there, there are plays like that. Nothing like that happened tonight right. at Arrowhead Stadium. We're talking about seven passes. But his best pass was a 14-yarder to Travis Kelsey that a lot of quarterbacks could make. So it just wasn't dazzling for the build. And that's all it was. He'll get more time next game. Hopefully we see one of those moments. Can you imagine if he had the Baker Bayfield night? If we're sitting here talking about a buck twenty-five and two scores, we'd have to relocate to maybe I don't know. <laughs> People would be like pre-ordering Super Bowl tickets. <laughs> have to go to the top of two light or one light or something. Maybe have a rooftop party with this uh, post-game yeah. show. I mean, it, it, again, it's like you said. Seven passes in a preseason game. He completed five. He overthrew one. He threw one away. And he made a throw that 50 quarterbacks in the NFL should be able to make. Every backup in the NFL should be able to make the throws that he made tonight. And and he just, it, it, again, I, I try to temper it as much as I can, you know, because I've watched way too much and covered way too many preseason games. You guys, the same thing. You want to be like, Eh, but you also, you know, you you want to say, hey, this guy, maybe he isn't living up to the hype. It's too, way too early on on any front. It's far too early on any front to have a strong feeling on Mahomes. Yeah, and there's there's really there isn't anything strong that can be taken away from this game from him from anybody but from anything from from it's- from anything. But you can see, you at least get an idea of the capability of some of these guys. Guys that aren't failing, you know, that's another big piece of this is just guys that are able to get out there and do and execute the same things that they were doing in camp, being consistent, showing that level of consistency. But even like, you know, a a big play here or there, it's nice to see it's a flash, but that's not what a guy's going to be able to hang his hat on when he when the roster decision comes down anyway, either. The preseason in its most basic form, what is it really, though? It's a glorified tryout. So, I mean... The starter of this team is not changing. It's not like right. previous years when maybe Mahomes could play his way to number one. And I mean, that wasn't the case last year. And, and but I mean, there was a better chance last year than this year that the number two could overtake the number one. You know what I mean? It. Everyone is so sure, and there's there's no question that Mahomes is the number one. It's just a matter of how is he going to develop from the time training camp begins to the time the regular season starts. And I, tonight, you just were like, I I didn't see any development. It just was. It, it was a blah night. Have you guys seen him improve from when camping in this year? 
You know, I don't know if I've seen a ton of change or growth based on camp, but the I one- I have seen a lot grow a lot of growth in this 15 month window from when he first signed here. Like he has made tremendous strides in a lot of different areas. Uh, I don't think he's done any, I don't think he's taken a step back. I think there's continual growth, but I think it's been more incremental from this preseason or from the pre or from training camp on to this point. It's been smaller. From the Pepper Jack Skrill famous Philly text line from the 913. It's simple. They ran a vanilla offense. How can Mahomes succeed if Andy won't let him off the leash? Also from the 913, they didn't do anything exotic. And that was by design. I mean, Andy Reid said that going into the game that the Chiefs wouldn't be they wouldn't be doing any kind of game planning. They're not going to be looking at Texans film. It was going to be very vanilla going into this. But again, that's the same thing across the league. And what I'm saying is let's just take off the rose colored glasses. And I'm not saying Mahomes had a bad night, but other quarterbacks in the league, if you go through the stats, were able to put up a little bit better of numbers uh, doing it. I mean, that's the thing. I just, there's going to be a point and we're not there yet. And I'm not saying we're there yet, but there's going to be a point somewhere here where we got to just stop making excuses for just regular performances. And I'm not saying we're there yet, but I'm saying if we get to week three or like <laughs> or the preseason or week one or week two, and, and there's still some question marks, I think at that point you're saying, okay, maybe this year isn't what it, we thought it would be. We're not close to there yet. That's not what I'm saying, but I, you know, let's, let's start treating this kid as we would any other quarterback. You want to hear what Tyler Bray did for the bears? Kind of now. I don't know if I do now. <laughs> <laughs> Tyler Bray. Mitch, Mitch Trubisky, by the way, started for the Bears tonight in a loss to the Bengals. Two of four for four yards. Chase Daniel. Uh-oh. Eight of 12 for 76 yards. Tyler Bray. 18 of 27 for 219 passing yards. Ooh. I have never seen anything like Tyler Bray <laughs> coming in last year <laughs> to the Week 17 game. That game was dead to rights. Done. <laughs> <laughs> he somehow found a way to make it a game again, tie it up, and Mahomes had to come back in the game. <laughs> and kudos to Andy Reid for keeping a straight face about it after the game. You know, he kind of, like, let Bray off the hook. But I said to myself, and the game ended, and Bray's a good good guy, talked to him quite a bit. I knew that that was the last game he was playing as a Kansas City Chief. I, I just you just knew it. Like, how could you keep that guy after that? It's like three plays, and one was a fumble, and the other one was an interception. It's eighteen to twenty-seven tonight for two hundred nineteen passing yards. You talk about the Matt Flynn's and Chase Daniels of the world, and Tyler Bray didn't make millions and millions and millions like these guys, but just the amount of money that he's been able to accrue by <laughs> what was it a year as a red shirt with the Chiefs, then just chilling behind Mahomes and Smith, like and two now or three years, yeah. Somehow got a job because of Matt Nagy in Chicago in that room, and he's never going to play again this year because he's behind Chase Daniel and Mitch Trubisky. So, just killing it. Just ki- I mean, he's killing it. Check out his life. career earnings. He's making more money than the three of us combined will for a long, long time. Yeah, for holding the clipboard. But I, I digress. Getting back to Mahomes, is there a point? And feel free to jump in. And if you saw, are you Pat- sure you? I, I was loving the Tyler Bray talk. You, you sure? want me to go back and break <laughs> no, that down no, further? No, I go no, play no, by no. play if you want. No, that's okay. Uh, if you saw Pat Mahomes tonight, if you're leaving Arrowhead, give us a call 913-576-7610, 913-576-7610, or give us a text message six nine three zero six. Is there a point where you will worry about Mahomes? Is that a thing where you wait till the third preseason game? 
the regular season? I want your answers coming up next, okay? All right. I want you guys to answer next. Plus, you can jump in. Again, 576-7610. Pete Sweeney, Ken Swanson from ArrowheadPride.com. I'm Mike Wickett. This is the 7th Street Casino Arrowhead Pride postgame show on 610 Sports Radio. The 7th Street Casino Arrowhead Pride postgame show on 610 Sports Radio. Seventh Street Casino Arrowhead Pride post game show rolling along five seven six seven six ten the phone number. Pete Sweeney, Ken Swanson from ArrowheadPride.com. I'm Mike Wickett. We're happy to have you. Chiefs lose the preseason opener. They fall to the Texans seventeen to ten. Patrick Mahomes five of seven for thirty three yards through one bad pass through one ball away got sacked and that was it. Uh, somebody on the text line just uh, shot us one. Uh, 69306 for the Pepper Jacks Grill Famous Philly text line says, you guys are freaking out. Five of seven and no strategy. It's vanilla. My gosh, you guys need to chill. Go back and watch preseason game one for the past 15 years. I don't know what this person from the 417 is listening to, but not one of us is freaking out. Every one of us, all three of us had said, you can't take anything away from this on a real level. There's nothing active. No substance really came out of this. There's no strategy. There's, right. there's no strategy to this game. It's just it's just seeing what you have. <laughs> I mean, it's very basic, and, and you're trying to evaluate your team. I mean, I think this is the number one evaluation tool that you'll have when you're trying to come up with your 53-man roster. That's the main goal. I mean, I don't think anyone's freaking out. I'm just saying we start, should be, Start Henning, I start Litton. At a certain point, all I was saying was at a certain point, we're going to have to start treating Patrick Mahomes like everybody else. And that's what I ask. If, if the pre, So far in preseason... Up in St. Joe, he's been up and down. He's been inconsistent. Uh, today, you know, nothing nothing spectacular. He was what he was. If he continues down a somewhat up and down mediocre, I mean, I'm not saying bench him, but do you ever begin to have the slightest hint of worry? I don't think, I don't think, I, 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 I don't think Mahomes is like ever on a leash. Like his leash is three years long. I think there could be a point this season when you get worried about their chances this season, and that may happen sooner rather than later. But I worry about Mahomes. No, this guy's going to have three years to work with at least. I think uh, I think the two things that I'm going to be keeping an eye for during this preseason and just during the regular season are um, one of them is out of his control is how the line holds up and how he's able to handle that pressure because that could wind up becoming a bigger problem as the time goes on because you know that. If he's having to navigate through a ton of pressure, that could be an issue. The other thing is, if he is, is if, he, if he's repeating mistakes, that's the problem. He's going to be learning and he's going to be trying to grow and progress over time. As long as he's not making one mistake today and then the same mistake next week and then the same mis- mistake after that, there's really not a ton I'm going to be too stressed with, with with what we see these next two games. I love your point about the line because I look across that line and you say, okay, Eric Fisher is a left tackle. Mitch Morse. It has become a pretty good center. I think he kind of grew into that role. He's a, he's a good center. You had you have a good right guard in LDT, the doctor, and then in, and in right tackle Mitch Schwartz, one of the better right tackles in the NFL. But then you pinpoint that left guard, and that could be a huge weakness for the Chiefs because that's the only point of the offensive line where you're forcing your peg into the hole. It's a square peg into a round hole, and I don't know if Cam Irving is is going to be a good fit, and if. The, the problem with the offensive line is the other four guys can be good, but if you have that problem player, which the Chiefs have 
had now for a couple seasons at that at that position, then the whole line becomes weaker. When are they going to be able to unleash the potential of Mahomes if they aren't able to protect for longer than a couple seconds? If they're not able to let the plays develop downfield, then you're kind of limiting what Mahomes is capable of doing with his arm talent. So that is a huge, I mean, that's going to be a huge question moving forward. The line didn't look great today. I, I felt that way last year when Alex Smith was running for his life half the time. And, and I, you know, I think Alex Smith is a pretty damn good quarterback. So when he's running for his life, it just isn't a good precedent to set again with a new quarterback in 2018. Let's go to the phones. Uh, 913-576-7610. 913-576-7610. Let's go to Michael and Shawnee. Go ahead, Michael. You're on Arrowhead Pride. So, remember when we never got to see Eric Berry, Justin Houston, and Jamal essentially at their prime all together? Sure. I worry that Ragland, Kitchens, and, and Berry, like, uh, uh, aside from all the, the Mahomes things, I worry that the defense may never be all healthy together. Is that a concern? I don't think so. I, I think it's very different. I, I think Raglan and Hitchens seem to be having the regular training camp injury issues that you go through. They're nagging. They're nagging. I don't think it's one of those things. I mean, the idea that you show up to training camp and that Ragland was injured by a plane flight makes me a little weird. A little nervous. I think that's a little weird. It's rare that you go on a plane and then you walk off with a puffy knee. Uh, as you kind of heard from Brett Feach, he was doing some workouts that he probably shouldn't have. Brett Feach is a little bit more straightforward, I think. Anyway, long story short is they wouldn't be putting him back on the field if they weren't comfortable at this point because right now you still have a lot of time. Raglan's back at practice. He's in pads. I don't think they wanted to worsen the injuries tonight, and I think that's why you didn't see him. I think week one you'll see all these guys. and I, I mean, I, I can't promise that because I don't know what, what the rest of the – a training camp and the preseason are going to hold. But I think that these guys as a unit are for the most part healthy. And you're just seeing the regular wear and tear because there's such a thing as getting into football shape. And that doesn't happen until you get to this part of the year. Well, Veach even mentioned in when he was talking about, uh, about hit uh, Ragland's injury that uh, if it was a regular season game, Ragland would have been out there working, but they're just playing it safe. They're, they're kind of bringing him along slowly. They're, they're letting him kind of get back into the mix and get back into, you know, the swing of things. And, I think I think as long as he gets some reps by by week three, if he gets some time in that week three game or preseason week three game, I, I'm not stressed about it. Feel free to join us again nine one three five seven six seven six ten or shoot us a text at six nine three zero six to the Pepper Jacks Grill Famous Philly text line. A lot of text messages rolling in. We're to get to also on Twitter. Use the hashtag AP six ten Arrowhead Pride and six ten again yeah, hashtag AP six ten. I want to read you uh, from your website, boys. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> from the sure open you, threads. Sure you want to do that. <laughs> uh, the, this is from the open threads from arrowheadpride.com. The Mahomes hype is dead for me. Oh, wow. Yeah, I know it's preseason, but Mahomes has looked bad in camp and this game. Kenny has outplayed him in both camp and in this game. I know it's the first game, but the Texans starting quarterback and backup quarterback looked great. So I don't want to use the preseason excuse if anything, Mahomes should have looked better in preseason, seeing how he went against a lot of backup defensive players. That's Penny from given Thursday. Any given Thursday. 
I mean, it was a beautiful pass to Demarcus Robinson. It was gorgeous. And a nice catch by Demarcus Robinson. Again, putting the pressure on Chris Conley. I love competition, internal competition on football teams because there's nothing nothing like it. I, and it drives guys. I think you saw it with Alex Smith last year, case in point. I mean, you could talk about, oh, Alex, didn't care. he cared. And guess what? He had the best year of his career because he had a guy behind him ready to take his job. And to me, that's what now Chris Conley has, and hopefully this brings out the best in Chris Conley. Chris Conley better be looking over his shoulder and being like, I, I may not get that many snaps this year if this guy's going to be this good. Yeah, they Robinson's pushing Conley. I mean that that's ex, that's exactly right. And I've been like I think Robinson started a little slower and has just kind of slowly gotten better and better throughout training camp. Uh, also, Chad Henney has not looked better than Patrick Mahomes in camp. Uh, I'm going to read you again from the uh, Arrowhead Pride open thread. <laughs> I've never met someone. Who met the open bread or open thread <laughs> and liked it as much as Mike Wickett? I'm just likes reading. The open oh, I trust. I love the text line because I have mine over on KMBZ and it's always a toilet. I love the text line. I love the Arrowhead Pride open thread. Uh, here's another one. Not really stoked. D is not improved. Casey will take times, uh, take time from Mahomes to mature. Offensive line looks to have taken a step back. And finally, the DBs look like a weak link. I'd like to attack any or all of those. No. <laughs> I just, it's hard for me to make, I think, huge decisions and, and huge to, to, to make huge takes about this team from this preseason game. I think you just have to take it as a piece of the puzzle. A of, small, insignificant piece of the puzzle? Yeah, and, and case in point, I think Kent said it earlier this afternoon, this team will look a lot different week one. I mean... Think about it. You'll have 40 of these guys not even on the roster True. when this thing shakes out. And so some of the guys that you're seeing and that you're worried about will not even be on this team. I do want to mention this is coming through from the Chiefs on Twitter and whatnot, the injuries for this game. Jimmy Murray, the offensive lineman, had a knee issue. Ethan Cooper, the new guy on the team, he looked like he was holding his heart, but it was a shoulder issue, thank goodness. I, I, it was weird. That was a weird little moment there at the end. And then Kerwin Williams uh, injured his head. He was the one that got that big lick uh, from the Texans uh, defender. So that's Kerwin Williams and now Sharkandrick West, two guys that really need to be on the field because those are, are guys that could be candidates to be cut, and they both are now probably dealing with concussion injury or concussion issues. Again, not a concussion issue confirmed to Kerwin, but it, it sure looked like it on TV. Good thing they have a couple more Williamses at the running back position, I'll tell you what. <laughs> and then you can put Xavier... And then you can put Xavier Williams. I mean, we've seen Dontari Poe on offense. If you need to, you run Xavier Williams. I think that's that's the logical. Hungry uh, Pig left. I, I love it. Was it Hungry Pig right or Hungry Pig left? Hungry Pig right. Hungry Pig right. I want to go back to that defensive comment you made just a second ago. It's not just the personnel that's going to look completely different. It's the scheme. I mean, when you go back and watch the plays that the Chiefs were running in the preseason last year, they look nothing like what we saw in week one against the Patriots. And, you know, even the concerns about the defense, third and three, Steven Nelson was off the screen in coverage. You couldn't see. And they, the, the Texans stood up and threw a ball to him, uh, to the guy that he was defending. Uh, I doubt that that's what Steve Nelson's going to be running in coverage uh, when the game actually matters. Uh, yeah, and, and I agree with that. You also have, by the way, some tweets coming now through from Chiefs players. Chris Jones, thank you, Chiefs, for the support tonight. Not the outcome we wanted, but something to build off of. So good to see from Chris Jones, who's wanting to be a veteran for this team. And Ty Hill, ooh, we missed you, Arrowhead! Exclamation, exclamation, exclamation! Sunglasses emoji. Oh, the sunglasses Peace emoji. Sign the deuces emoji as well. 
and then a picture of himself. Well, yeah. That's what you would expect. Ken Swanson, will you leave the radio studio? Post a tweet later on tonight with two emojis and a picture of yourself. Uh, when I get out of this station, I'm going to bed. Okay. <laughs> I'm not wasting any time. Have we, by the way, we were going to get to this at halftime and sticking on this, the defensive side of the ball. Have we talked about uh, David Amerson yet and the game that he had? We, I mean, we failed at halftime to talk about Amerson, and he was more responsible than Brandon Whedon for extending that drive that led to the first touchdown for the Texans. How did we let David Amerson off the hook at halftime? We, were ta- we, had, a, we had a lot of calls, and no one wanted to talk about David Amerson. So I, it was Bob Sutton and we're Mahomes. Men, we're men of the people. And listen, he wasn't brought up by the people. Did Bob Sutton get a holding call and a pass interference in one drive? No. <laughs> David Amerson did. David, yeah. David Amerson does feel like this year's Chiefs fan whipping guy. He hasn't played an official snap and he was already the whipping boy. It's been like a very fascinating observation on social media about David Amerson because the guy has not played a down in Kansas City and he's already getting all kinds of, of hatred on social media. He's had an up and down career and he's now on a contract year again. And I think the chiefs are counting on him to have a really good season. And it just wasn't a good start for him tonight. And, and again, I think this is the recurring theme on the show. I don't think it's something you should be really worried about quite yet. Uh, and that won't, right. that won't be the case forever, but listen, that was not a good start. It wasn't a great look. No, not- I don't, I don't know when we stop saying don't be worried, but it's hard to get freaked out when Steve, you know, by Steven Nelson's piss poor play, on that same scoring drive, or by Amerson's two two penalties on that scoring drive. The thing about tonight, other than my guy Chase Litton with the sixty-seven we play haven't drive, gotten to that yet. Other than that, a walk off is there was incomplete. nothing. If you're a Chiefs fan that you watch this game, I, okay, there are maybe there's like a few, but but just in general, because I'm now <laughs> thinking of the Demarcus Robinson catch that we just talked about. But I'm saying you don't walk out of this this stadium tonight and and feel a lot better about any real portion of your team. It, it was a lot of Hmm. Maybe we should be concerned about that. Or, uh, you know, is is the run defense better? Or, ah, I don't know about that offensive line. Like, there are definitely more negative things to take away than positive. Is that you? Is that you right now? If you're leaving Arrowhead or you're on your way home from the huge Chiefs party you were probably having for preseason game number one, did you walk out of this game and think, huh, maybe everything's not quite as rosy? If so, give us a call. 913-576-7610. Right to the phones after a quick ID. 1,000 on the 30s weekdays from 7 to 7 on 610 Sports Radio, KCSP Kansas City, KRBZ HD2 Kansas City, a radio.com station. Let's go to Anthony on 90. I'm Sue. I almost caught myself. On 610 Sports Radio. What's up, Anthony? <laughs> hey, how's it going, guys? Not bad. What would you think of tonight's game? Well, you know, I'm just trying to balance... Um, being a fan and my expectations about, you know, improvement uh, defensively and stuff. But um, from my perspective, it's, I have to keep in context that uh, our inside linebacker starters weren't playing. And, you know, what does that mean? It's, it's hard to conceptualize what that means overall in terms of the run game and stopping the run game because, you know, uh, overall last year, the, the one of the biggest problems is the defense couldn't get themselves off the field on third and long, and we couldn't do that again tonight. But was that because Eric Berry, Hitchens, you know, all these guys weren't playing, or is it something more systemic? And so I'm trying to 
you know, soothe myself, <laughs> you know, in terms of um, that we just don't know. And it's, it's kind of one of those things that we have to be a little bit patient, I think, and let things play out. But yet there is some uh, reason for concern. So I was just interested to get your perspective on how some of the lingering defensive problems kind of uh, um, from last year poked themselves up tonight, but how maybe we shouldn't overreact in terms of that while not disregarding the fact that they, you know, these are something to, something to be serious about and consider. And so uh, I was wanting to get your perspective off that, and I'll take it off the air. Thanks for the phone call, Anthony. You know, I, I think it's I think it's kind of fair to feel a little bit of anxiety when you see the Chiefs defense getting gashed for big run plays because the Chiefs left a bad taste in our mouth. Their season ended because they couldn't stop the run against the Titans at home with a big lead. And um, I understand why some people would feel a little bit of anxiety seeing some of the same things that they saw the last time that they were at Arrowhead. But at the same time, he, he, he made a great point. You know, three of the key pieces to the run defense and the defense in general were not on the field. And they were experimenting. They were tinkering. They will make real adjustments in games to try to stop specific schemes. They were not doing any of that today. Yeah, I, I can't be that worried about the defense, at least not yet. I, it, it's just... It's I yeah, there are sometimes I think at the beginning of the NFL season where you wish almost that you were playing Madden and you could like fast forward or simulate the preseason or simulate to week 6 and try to find out what this team <laughs> really is. And if you're a Chiefs fan, you want to do that more this year. You know, I'm I'm 29 years old. I think you want to do that more this year than you have at any point in your life because now you want to see what Mahomes really is. And like all we have after all this time waiting was a piss poor preseason game where they didn't all like look that good. And the, 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 the thing is be, just because you're waiting that long doesn't make this game mean more. Like it's still a preseason game. They're still trying things out. And, and, and for me, again, there will be a time where you can look at this defense. I'm talking week one, week two, week three and say, okay, what do we legitimately have here? Right now, after preseason game one, it just isn't the time. I would try to focus, if you're a fan, and say, okay, which players do I want to focus on? How did they do tonight? Because individual things you can take away, and I think that's the big thing you got to look at. I think to, to Anthony's question about the systemic issues of this, of this team, you know, Bob Sutton, if this team continues to show the inability when we get to the Pittsburgh game, when you get to the Chargers and then the Pittsburgh game, the Patriots game, when we get to that point, if they still can't get off the field consistently and they're still in the bottom half of the the, the defensive rankings of, of third downs and getting off the field and, and, and first downs allowed, then it's systemic. And then the phone lines will be burning up with how does this guy still have his job? I can't base that on no Raglan, no Barry, you know, not seeing everybody tonight. Bob Sutton is Andy Reid's guy and – if there's anything sometimes that Andy Reid can have a negative when it comes to dealing with people in the league, is sometimes he could be a little bit too loyal. I just don't think that's the case here because there's too much smart football people around the Chiefs. Like, I think people forget in Kansas City sometimes that it's really, really hard to make the playoffs in the NFL, and the Chiefs now do it consistently. And so Andy Reid kind of knows what he's doing. I think if Andy Reid saw it as a system problem, that Bob Sutton would be gone. 
I think you saw from the draft that they thought it was a personnel problem. That's why they drafted five new defensive players. They didn't touch offense. Khalil McKenzie's not going to play until a year from now. That's their only offensive player. And guess what? He played defense in college. So just keep that in mind. And it may take a little bit while because now you have a lot of younger guys and they're giving Bob time. And so it may take a little bit, but they expect, I think the, the staff expects him to be able to turn this around. And I think you see it this year. Let's talk to Reggie on 610 Sports Radio. What's up, Reggie? Hey, what's up, man? Yo. Uh, I just want to go. I just want to go on record and say what, what I've been saying since they let Marcus Peters go. The defense may be average at best, but that secondary, that secondary is going to be hot boo boo trash the whole year. <laughs> Even with Eric Berry back, Eric Berry does not play cornerback. David Emerson has never been good since he's been in the NFL. He wasn't good at Washington. He wasn't good in Oakland. He won't be good in Kansas City. Stevie Nelson's five nine. He's a slot corner. And they won't move Kendall Fuller to the outside to press up against the better the better wide receivers. The defensive secondary is going to be trash. The defense is going to be average if we're lucky. And that's just going to be what it is. Like you said, we can take individual things away. I know David Amersham is trash, period. There's nothing anyone can tell me to wait and hold on. It's preseason. He's garbage. He's been garbage. So the defense is not going to be good. The offense well, let's just hope Mahomes is what everybody thinks he is. All right, man, y'all stay cool, man. Hey, Reggie, thanks, man. We appreciate it. Don't be a stranger. You know, I... That's a good call. It was a good call. It was, a, it was an interesting call. I wish call. I could get the point of it, though. I didn't quite understand what... He, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I don't agree with everything he said. Uh, I mean, for, first off, Kendall Fuller played outside today. He's going to get some time out there, and they'll kick him into the slot, bringing on David Amerson when they go with three corners. Is Amerson trash? I, <sighs> I think the problem that he was bringing up is they're going to have three corners on a lot that's true and so if they end up having three corners on more so than they have two corners then do you think about leaving him on the outside and and you know what I mean so I just it's it's an interesting question because I think and I that's why I think it was such a good call and it was thought-provoking because I think of the three cornerbacks that we all talk about right Kendall Fuller David Amerson and Steve Nelson Fuller is in a category, you know, if you're looking at, let's say he's category one. I don't even think Amerson and Nelson comparatively fall into category two. Like, they're probably like three or four compared to him. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I think I think Nelson has the potential to kind of creep up into a, a tier two kind of range. But you're right. I you mean, know what those, I mean? There, there's a large, there is a large it's gap a between Fuller. Yeah, there is. Um, I do think Nelson has a chance to kind of creep in there. But uh, I think, you know, I think the, I think that they can, I think the Chiefs are the team that can get more out of Amerson than what other teams have. Not to say that he's going to be a great player, but I think he can be a serviceable corner. You know what? You know what you could do also, too? Start mixing Justin Houston in at cornerback. I mean, we saw him on Brown, you Antonio saw, Brown. I mean, he's stride he's, for stride. You saw how much they put him in coverage last year. They certainly trust that ability. So maybe what you do is you bring Breland Speaks and, and D Ford. What are we talking about? <laughs> what are what are we? I, I'm ending this right now. <laughs> Going to Michael and Shawnee on 610 Sports Radio. Michael, bring us back, man. So, <clears throat> I got a question for both of you before I say whatever I say. There are three of us. Are, okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay, man. All both of you. Um, uh, <laughs> are we going to win the Super Bowl this year? No. Okay. So, don't don't go for it. You say, See what you're saying... you've got. See the players that are like great 
Um, earlier I, I had called you guys and I really wanted to kind of look at the, and I don't, I don't know this answer. Um, I don't know who was calling plays today, but if it was the enemy, that's a bad idea. Anyway, um, why can't we just develop and, and then like on a year we, we, we can really do it or like Tom Brady's retired or Ross Berger's retired. Then we go for it. Why can't we just develop? Yeah, that's and it. I, I, Michael, 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 Michael. Yeah, go ahead. Do you believe that Andy Reid would be best served if he walked into that locker room and he said, guys, Brady and Roethlisberger are still in the AFC, so we are <laughs> not going to try to win every game. We're just going to hang out and develop, and and, and maybe, maybe when Brady and Roethlisberger retire, we'll okay. go for it. You you win in the argument. I'm just saying, like, <laughs> what you're saying not, is, ta- is everybody needs to chill out. We're not going to win it this year. I mean, that is not the attitude, <laughs> right? That is what. Then why are they playing, Michael? You can't <laughs> go on vacation. I mean, you can't have that attitude in the, in professional sports. I would I, mean, argue, I would argue that. If you have that mentality in any season, your chances of doing anything after that season <laughs> yeah. are greatly diminished. You got to go out there and try to win a Super Bowl. Just because you're not, I mean, the Browns tried to win a Super Bowl last year. Right. They failed miserably, as miserably I, as you possibly could. I mean, you think that, like, on day one of camp, Andy Reid walks in the room. We're not- <laughs> hey, guys, pack up. <laughs> I mean, listen, my- listen, listen, listen. I mean- rather, rather, rather than doing it. I mean, Michael, I get, I kind of get what Mike's saying. And what Mike's kind of saying is, you know, nobody should have their expect as fans. We shouldn't have our expectations sky high and be pissed when this team gives up a two-touchdown lead in the, in the third quarter of a home playoff game to Tennessee. Too like that, that, oh shouldn't, that shouldn't be crushing this year in Michael's eyes. Does that make sense? I mean, or, or you is, can't or say it, that ever in the NFL, no matter which city you're in, because right. the turnover of playoff teams in the NFL is unreal. I mean, the Buffalo Bills, I'm reminding you guys, made the playoffs last year. Jaguars. After actively trying to tank last year, trade the away all the Jaguars were in the AFC title game. The Jaguars. And a lot of times, and you'll see this, I try to predict it. Kent, you try to predict it. We see national analysts that have made it that far. No one really knows. I mean, you have a good idea of who the power players are going to be, and those never really change. But no one really knows if a team's going to be good or bad. I mean, you, sometimes you, you think a team's going to be great. And they, you didn't have Nick Foles and the Eagles? Well, I, I always liked Nick Foles. I didn't think he was a Super Bowl MVP. <laughs> oh, my God. He got hot at the right time. Was Nick, I, I, I don't think he was I've a heard this question Bowl. asked. I've heard this question asked recently. Is Nick Foles the best chief of the past 10 years? Oh, my God. Going to the phones. Jerry in Olathe, you're on 610 Sports Radio. What's up, Jerry? Hey, guys. How you doing? All right, man. Thanks for calling. Yeah. Uh, I was at the game today. I was sitting in with some of my friends of mine. And hey, what was the crowd, Jerry? What was the crowd like? I mean, we were in the upper deck, and it's like for the first like few drives, it was awesome. Yeah. And just. So kind of when we saw Chad Henney come in, it's like, okay, here we go. He threw the only again. touchdown pass of the game. I could have thrown that touchdown pass. <laughs> <laughs> we got to get Jerry on the Chiefs. Jerry, you think you can beat out Litton? Come on. 
Yeah, I think I could. Come on, I know Terry. I'm faster than I'm. Did you run a better speed out? <laughs> <laughs> but after, so so you got deflated after after seeing Mahomes. What'd you think of his game? I mean, it's the whole build up was that we were going to see we're we're in a new era. We're going to be a team that takes chances, and I just watched the same check down screen pass. Even his 14-yard completion to Kelsey was a four-yard slant route that Kelsey, because he's so good, turned into a 14-yard game. And the one pass we did go downfield is when he overthrew his man. So it, it was just kind of like that was it. And it's just kind of deflating after you see your former offensive coordinator win a Super Bowl with your former backup quarterback and you are still and your new shiny toy you felt was just like given the same old playbook of Andy Reid, which is just short plant routes, check downs, and bubble screens. Well, the good news is there are still at least 19 more games for Captain Checkdown Jr. to be able to prove you wrong. The Checkdown Prince. Checkdown Prince, because we had the check. Okay. I mean, I understand. And we talked about this on the pregame. People were going into this game jacked for a preseason game. Like, like, not, I mean, like never before. This, this was the Arrowhead Pride tailgate tailgate show before. And what you, what do you think the conversation was at the tailgate? It was, what do you think Mahomes is going to do today? Dude, and, I hope he throws it deep on the first snap. And he didn't even throw it deep. And the one time he kind of did, it was an overthrow. It was a bad overthrow. He was juiced for that one. <laughs> yes, he, he was. was juiced maybe, for maybe that one. Maybe he knew it was his only opportunity. To throw it past the last groups. For glory. And the preseason. I mean, they're not going to be back at Arrowhead until week four of the preseason. <laughs> that's that's the Chiefs. That's the Chiefs fans' last chance to see Patrick Mahomes before the regular season. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> that's 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 the best thing that we've come up with so far. I know what he was thinking. <laughs> How much you want to make a bet? I can throw a football over the mountains. That was actual audio from the huddle. I, I mean, that was it right there. I Our wouldn't be surprised with the throw that came out. The Arrowhead but Pride microphones. Man. You're right, Andy Reid does that every year every week four he benches the starter so that is the only <laughs> preseason action how about if you're a season ticket holder that's the only patrick mahomes you'll see all preseason see you week one no you're, week three you're th- you won't see him till week three september <laughs> september 23rd is the next time kansas city will get a chance to see patrick mahomes how many throw days football. is that away all right, let me do that's some That's a lot here. of days. August has 31 days. There's, so there's 45, 46. 31 minus 9. What you is won't see Pat Mahomes in Kansas City for seven weeks. <laughs> is that right? Three, three, like and 40, then... 44 days. Yeah, six weeks then? Six, three, six and three, a half? That's more days than Lent. We should all give a, we should do an early Lent. I'm not I'm do not shaving until I see Patrick Mahomes throw another pass at Arrowhead. <laughs> We're going to do early Lent. That's hilarious. I mean, I feel because, like, I mean, you want to see, to Jerry's point, you want to play with your shiny toy. And it's like you got to open your Christmas presents, and you got your shiny toy on December 25th, and you can't touch it again until Valentine's Day. It has to stay in the box. It has to stay in the box. You You know you have it. Somebody else can play with it, and you can watch them through the window play with your new bike. But you can't ride that bike again until the end of January. Merry Christmas. Happy Mahomes Day. 44 days until Mahomes is throwing <laughs> oh, past no. in Kansas City again. <laughs> oh and guess God. what? He could be 0-2 by the time he gets back. Could be 
at I'm, LA, at Pittsburgh. I'm I'm not I I don't want to say this. I think he will be zero two. This is the most Kansas City thought ever. Oh no! Oh god! <laughs> you guys, you know where I'm going? Through a drum roll? No, 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 no! Don't, do not, do not. I know where you're going to go. Let's hear I don't it. Even, no, I don't even. I don't hold think, on, hold on. Let let's write, hear it, dude. I don't even. Let me write it down. I want to write it down. See if I'm right. Okay. Am hold I on. right? Am I right on that? You are, Mike. Don't. Kent, I'm not going to say. I it. swear to Every, God, I, Kansas City. Hold on, Kansas City knows what I'm. What I was about to say. I don't think I need to say it. Let's just not. Do I? Let's just not. Okay. If you don't want it, you don't want the next time Mahomes is supposed to play at Arrowhead for the Chad Henney era to start. All right. That, so you shut your mouth over I'm, there. All right. I'll, I'll shut leave up. It, I'll Kent. leave it at that. If what you say or what you didn't say were to happen, here's what. Here's how that would go. Chad Henney would start one game. Oh, no. <laughs> Big Andy would say, listen, we can't, can't do this. Can't do this. And then it would be Chase Litton time. Litton magic in Kansas City. Chase is our starter. Chase is our starter. From the Pepper Jack's famous Philly text line, what are you guys smoking and why aren't you sharing? We are all the way around in here. <laughs> all right. It is Puff Puff Give. That is the name of this program. It's lit. It's <laughs> Hey, uh... You can jump in. I cannot believe that. They're not going to see. You will not see Patrick Mahomes in Kansas City for 44 days. That's amazing. You have to get every Chiefs fan has to give up something until Patrick Mahomes throws another pass. I like City. that. <laughs> we'll call it uh, early Lent, something Chiefs, like that. Chiefs Lent. Chiefs Lent. What are you giving up for Chiefs Lent, Mike? I don't know, man. I'll have to think about this. Okay. I have to think about this. I don't know. Maybe the open threads. I think you had too much open no, threads. No, I've got a ton more. Your open threads from arrowheadpride.com are great. I would like to read some more if you don't mind. Uh, for a guy the GM traded up for in the draft, I'm sorry, up to draft in the second round, when most had him going uh, two rounds later, I haven't been overly impressed. He's a work in progress. That's on Speaks. Well, he is, uh, I mean, he is a work in progress. He's transitioning f- to a full-time outside player. You know, that it's going to take some time. I hate when GMs do that. Try to transition a guy to I can't stand it. I covered the Green Bay Packers for almost a decade. Transition? And, and, Ted, and Ted Thompson was the GM up there. And every player, well, he's an inside guy, but we really think he can move to the outside. Or he's a guard, but we feel like he can play back. Draft the guy for the position and put him in there. I feel, yeah. like, I feel like the past... A couple outside linebackers Chiefs have had involvement transitions. Wasn't T- Tamba was, D yeah. Ford was, mm. now Speaks is. But they're more like hand in the dirt outside edge guys. And yeah, Speaks kind of transitioned from like an. He's playing a lot of inside too, so it's kind of like it's a it's a big jump for him because he's not just a full time you know outside guy. He's also a stand up outside guy, learning a new position, having to drop in coverage. He has said the biggest adjustment is his coverage, and, yeah. and he's been feeling better and better about he's that. A safety, I can always move him up to the slot. He can play a little hybrid line, but I hate that. I absolutely do. All right, coming up, Andy Reid spoke. You're going to hear from the head coach of the Chiefs uh, following the uh, preseason loss today to the Texans, seventeen to ten. That's Pete Sweeney alongside Mike Wickett, also Kent Swanson. We are uh, going to be here until midnight. You want to jump in? Lines are open, 576-7610, 913-576-7610. Shoot us a text message, 69306.
This is the 7th Street Casino Arrowhead Pride postgame show on 610 Sports Radio. The 7th Street Casino Arrowhead Pride postgame show on 610 Sports Radio. Henny on third and one. Takes a shot. Henny to the end zone. It is caught. Touchdown, Chiefs. Demarcus Robinson holds it in. Robinson into the end zone just before the half at Arrowhead again. It's on CBS. This is the 7th Street Casino Arrowhead Pride postgame show. Chiefs lose. That was the only touchdown they would score uh, in the ball game. Ken Swanson, Pete Sweeney, ArrowheadPride.com. I'm Mike Wickett. Uh, here on 610 Sports Radio. Give us a call. What you think of the game? What you thought of it? Or what you thought of it last... Uh, uh, it's still tonight. It's not quite midnight yet. 576-7610. You can also shoot us a text at 69306 on the Pepper Jacks Grill Famous Philly text line. Is there any worry that Chad Henney is your backup? Is anybody... Do you, is there any shot that anybody challenges Henny for the number two. Kent? Sure we don't have a QB controversy for QB1 now? I, yeah, I know. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> Who's the only one? Look, statistically, who had the worst game of the night? Pat Mahomes. <laughs> All right? I mean, Chad Henny did throw a pick. I, I think. The offensive line let him down. I <laughs> I think the Chiefs would be comfortable with Henny, uh, obviously, as the backup. He has a lot of experience. That's your backup. No doubt about it. I think given that you have Henny, the number three, you kind of open up the position of, if okay, can we develop Chase? I think had you not have a really experienced backup, then McGloin would be there because he's been there before. But because you have Henny, I think it gives you the opportunity to keep Litton, and I think he might, they might do it. I'm intrigued by I Chase Litton. I really am, and I watched a lot of him. I watched some of his college tape. I actually wrote about him on Arrowhead Pride. He was one of our lottery ticket series uh, players that we profiled. Um, there's not, there's a lot to like there as far as a prospect. I, I kind of have a bold prediction. I think he's your tw- 2020 uh, backup to Patrick Mahomes. Uh, once Chad Henney's Chad contract will be like clears. 40 years old. By well, his, con- his contract will be up. Yeah. His contract will be up in two years. You know how many Chiefs lengths I'm going to have to go through to get to 2020. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we are taking your Chiefs length because we have come to the realization that you will not see Pat Mahomes throw a pass in Kansas City again until week three of the regular season. Andy Reid does not play guys, his starters, in week four. That's the next time the Chiefs are back at Arrowhead, two preseason games on the road. Then they open up at San Diego and Pittsburgh. Then they come back here. So send them in into the Pepper Jacks Grill famous Philly text line. What are you going to give up for Chiefs Lent? 69306. Some people want to give up. One person wants to give up not drinking. Somebody else is going to get wants to know if the Chiefs can give up uh, Bob Sutton for Chiefs Lend. <laughs> uh, text yours in 69306 or Matt, on Twitter uh, at Arrowhead Pride. Hashtag AP610. Matt McGloin. Let's give up Matt McGloin. I'm okay with that. Let's give up Frank Zombo, too. Whoa. <laughs> I'm Chiefs trying to save legend. some cap here. I'm trying to save some cap Zombo here. Zombo grew out his hair in the offseason. Now he's Frank Zomflo. Oh, my. Let's talk to Sharon. In Overland Park. You're on 610 Sports Radio. Hey, Sharon. Hi there. How are you guys doing? Slap happy and ready to go. Yeah, I hear you. Um, several things for um, the giving up till we see Mahone live again here in KC. I like the Bob Sutton idea. <laughs> I'm kind of concerned. Well, usually the defense shows up better at preseason games, you know, before the offense takes a little longer usually. 
So I wasn't too impressed with our defense tonight. But I know they've got a lot of new people, and they've got to shift them around. So let's wait and see. But as far as not seeing Mahomes do, you know, what we everybody was hoping he'd do, um, Andy Reid does this every year. He doesn't – he does the vanilla plays, doesn't show the good stuff until the season starts. He doesn't want to give it away, I guess. I don't know. Sharon, I have to tell you, your level-headedness is not good for sports radio. Well, I did say get rid of Bob Sutton. You did. You did. You do want to fire the defensive coordinator week one of the preseason, so you fit right in with, with the rest yeah. of Chiefs' kingdom. Okay. <laughs> you take care, Sharon. Thank you so much for the phone call. If the Chiefs were to fire Bob Sutton tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> for rep- Would they be repenting? Who 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 in-house would be the next man up? I I well okay so one of uh, Andy Reid's when he transitioned to a new defensive coordinator he hired his offensive line coach to do it <laughs> no that's this is this is the no, truth no I know I know in I Philadelphia know. I think it's uh, Greg Castile or something like that uh, so whoever uh, so it would be Andy, Andy Heck. Heck Andy Heck's your next defensive coordinator man if Kansas City thought they didn't want Bob Sutton Could imagine you? That you woke up they said we fired Bob Sutton and in his position. The offensive line coach is moving up the defensive coordinator. We, we hired the Royals DC. pitching coach to come on over. We had Cal Ed- Eldred yeah. pulling double duty. <laughs> Royals and Chiefs. Hey, uh, don't forget, Re- don't forget his son's on the staff. His son's on the staff too. Oh, Brit, there, Brit that's, Reed. The, that's the easy choice. That's the easy choice. Andy Reid stepped to the podium. Here's a part of what he had to say after tonight's 17-10 loss to the Houston Texans. Yeah, he did some good things. Uh, we we haven't played all over. You saw him kind of running around a couple of times trying to get lined up, but he's been pretty good at doing that, getting getting where he needs to get. And um, and when he does, you see what he does. So he he did a nice job on a little stop and go route, and it was a nice throw by Chad. Coach, just like that drive there at the end of the game. He hasn't gotten as much work in camp as he'll be in the fourth quarterback. But what did you see from him tonight? Yeah, so he and uh, he and Matt have been splitting the reps with that third group. And um, I thought he did a nice job. He, he had some nice plays there. A couple things he liked that back. But for the most part, I mean, you know, he moved the ball down the field and had a couple nice throws there. Actually, the last throw was a nice throw. We got to go up and make a play um, right there. And, yeah, so on. Armani Rods was a guy that was listed for the string on that unofficial depth chart that came out. He started tonight. How do you kind of evaluate how he did? Yeah, well... Yeah, you know, we have the injury there, so um, we're t- we're trying guys, see um, you know see who fits into that, and and uh, he's a young guy that needs reps, so we figured we'd put him in and get him as many reps as we possibly could. I thought he had some nice plays. Um, there again, there are a couple things that he'd like to have back, but um, I, I, he did some nice things there. A couple of those young inside linebackers have gotten a lot of reps at camp, for Greg and being out, Ray Davidson and Ben Neiman um, made some plays tonight. What have you seen from those guys? Yeah, so I thought Ben had some nice, nice plays down the down the stretch there. Um, I, I didn't. Who was the first one you mentioned? Uh, Raven Davis. Yeah, uh, Raven. He had that nice deflection in the end zone there. So um, we we got to keep going. We got to keep going there. So a little bit too much uh, um, in the run game, uh, but uh, we got to secure that up a little bit there at the level too. Yeah. So. Riveting stuff from uh, Chiefs head coach Andy Reid.
when he does, you see what he does. That was maybe my favorite quote I've ever heard. A lot of substance there. A lot of stuff. Did uh did <laughs> has Chase Litton did Chase Litton get more reps in that last drive than he had all training camp? It's close. I mean, that drive was they've 23 plays 23 long. plays to end that. They've been almost alternating days, it seems like. So, yeah, I mean, the what was it, a 71-play drive at the end? No, 23, I believe. 23. 23 at last. 7 for 13, 66 yards. I mean, here's the deal. Litton was one play away from preseason glory, and he, <laughs> he threw it over the receiver's head. I've never seen... Somebody gets so excited for a potential walk-off preseason touchdown pass from the fourth-string well, fourth quarterback, as you did, Pete. The beauty of it was if he completes that pass and they score that touchdown, not only do we get to celebrate that touchdown, we would have had a bonus two-point conversion attempt because there's no way that they were kicking an extra point to, to tie that game. We all thought, to look at, we're looking at the score, we're like, it's 17-10 if they score. These SOBs better go for two. <laughs> Either way. That's the rule. That's the one rule two. of the preseason. Be right if they don't. <laughs> give up ties or give up overtime in the preseason for Chiefs Lent. Somebody said to give up a second round pick for Marcus Peters for Chiefs Lent. Great. I'd give up D Ford for Chiefs Lent. Anyway, I can extend that for an additional six months. Uh, here's a suggestion. Fire Bob Sutton, hire Bill Snyder. Too late. He just signed a 12-year deal. He's only, what, 80? 80 years old? I think he's 78. 78. He'll coach until he's 100 years old, that man. It's unbelievable. A lot of wins under his belt if that happens. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I don't know what else you want to give up for Chiefs Lent, but keep him coming in to the Pepper Jacks Grill, famous Philly text line. Text him in, 69306. So do you want to hear what uh, Pat Mahomes had to say on the sideline? What really impressed Kent? We'll tell you what it is coming up next. It is the 7th Street Casino Arrowhead Pride postgame show on 610 Sports Radio. The 7th Street Casino Arrowhead Pride postgame show on 610 Sports Radio. Right to the phones here on the 7th Street Casino Arrowhead Pride postgame show. Hanging out with uh, Pete Sweeney, Ken Swanson, Mike Wickett. These two guys from arrowheadpride.com. Check out their website again, arrowheadpride.com. We're going to go right to the phones after the Texans beat the Kansas City Chiefs at Arrowhead. Preseason game number one, 17-10. Let's talk to Bill, Elise Summit. Bill, you're on 610 Sports Radio. What's up? Hey, guys. How you doing tonight? Not bad. Not bad at all. What would you think of the game tonight? Well, I don't know. I'm out here trying to clean up this uh, Patrick Mahomes hype train that seems to have run into a little bit of a uh, lost some of its luster tonight, if you know what I mean. You didn't, you didn't like what you saw. You didn't live up to the hype that you were hoping for, huh? Well, you know, guys, it's like this. I know Andy probably wanted to throttle him back a little bit because he doesn't like to show stuff. You know, that's probably why we went into Foxborough and beat the snot out of the Patriots last year, you know? Yep. But – I've got a bigger issue with Mr. Mahomes, okay? And I'd like to share it because I have not heard anybody say this. Now, to preface this, let me say I'm 64 years old, and I don't judge people one way or the other. But listening to this Patrick Mahomes hype over the summer, 
I'm just I'm your average Chiefs fan, just like anybody else. I've been I went to one of the first games at uh, Municipal Stadium in 1963. I was an original member of the Huddle Club. My father was a season ticket holder. I used to sit in the end zone and fight for footballs. You could do that back then. But I'm a huge Chiefs fan through and through. Every day the Chiefs play, the whole day is around the Chiefs. Okay, that being said, let me get to the point. I have been excited as anybody about the selection of Patrick Mahomes. I have, um, I, I'm amazed at his talent. I'm amazed at his ceiling that's out there for this young man. The one thing that is starting to grate on me are his interviews. And let me tell you what it is. If you watch that interview tonight on the air with the guys, Trent Green, and I forget the name of the main announcer, Every question, and this is all summer long, every interview, you ask the man a question, and his first his response is, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean. I mean, it sounds like he's answering a Hindu rug dealer, you know? I don't get it, and it's just starting to bother me. I wondered if anybody else notices. It's like chalk on a blackboard. Well, I, I don't know. I don't know if Patrick Mahomes – is super comfortable yet in front of the media. Um, A lot of NFL players start their interviews with, yeah, I mean, a lot of athletes do. Um, I don't know if he's had a ton of media training, media savvy. I mean, I have been doing radio for almost 20 years. I know what my verbal crutches are, stuff we lean on. And the kid's 22? 22 years old. 22 years old. I mean, I... Yeah, I mean, it ha- it's just kind of a verbal thing. It's a little nervous nervous tick for him. I think we all, even in being in radio now quite a bit, we all have our crutch words yeah. and here and there, and sometimes people's are more noticeable than others. But you look at Alex Smith. Alex Smith was one of the more comfortable guys I've seen in front of the media, and his number one crutch word was certainly. I mean, he would say certainly number of times with every answer that he had. And Alex Smith, what, he's well into his 30s now. So... Being part being in in front of the media is part of the gig, mm-hmm. but it's not it's not something that you have to be good at to be a good football player. And I think Pat Mahomes is pretty good. I mean, every quarterback, every player has things they say unless they're super well spoken, which is really rare. I mean, I think it's more rare for you to see someone that's super well spoken uh, in the NFL than it is the to to see someone who maybe struggles or is a little uncomfortable. So. Yeah, if he's saying something like that, that's okay. I mean, imagine if he was saying, yeah, I mean, we just won the Super Bowl. Would you care? I could deal with that. Right? I mean, if, as, as a chief. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to Disney World. Right. I mean. <laughs> was the, that your Mahomes impression? I don't know what the, that was. That was. That was. <laughs> was a little. You got to get into You got to get into the throat a little bit. Well, but, uh, but Bill, if, Bill, if that's your biggest criticism of, of Patrick Mahomes and he goes on ah, to be the, the greatest quarterback in Chiefs history. I, I I think we're going to be all right. As a matter of fact, let's hear from Patrick Mahomes. You can break down his speech if you'd like and, and be listening because there was a really interesting point that was made at the end of this interview on CBS. Well, we're joined by a very special guest. Patrick, how did you feel about coming out for uh, 
the first start of 2018 now that this is your job how did it feel tonight yeah I mean it was awesome getting out here getting from the fans and getting kind of back into the swing of things uh, of course you want to score you want to score touchdowns or kick field goals but uh, getting some chemistry with those guys getting in and out of the huddle was a great experience first off how hyped up were you going out there for the opening kickoff were you able to calm yourself down when you went out for that first snap yeah I think I was uh, uh, got, glad I got a completion on that one we I mean really just trying to get the drive going uh, but there's a ton of excitement and you can just feel it in the stadium now should I ask your lineman to find out how quickly or fast you said that first play just because of your excitement level may have been so high would they would they say the same thing yeah I mean I, I felt like as a unit we did a lot of things well I mean there's stuff that we have to keep working on I mean it's hard whenever you go and get those first two series but you know it's a process you know it's uh, kind of how you have to go about things in order to have success in this league you played a lot of football in college and so you were able to get the game at the college level to slow down how did you feel the game was tonight from a speed standpoint I know you had the game last year in Denver in week 17 but tonight coming out with all the excitement all the the hype that's been going on this entire offseason did you feel like you got comfortable in the pocket you look like you're making some good decisions out there yeah I mean I think the start last year has, has helped me a ton moving into this year I mean it really helped get the speed and not being too panicked and just calming yourself down I feel like that was a big thing I learned last year in that start and uh, today I felt like I did that to the best of my ability Patrick, we've talked to Eric Bieniemy and Andy Reid throughout this preseason, and the you know the mantra has been be aggressive, be aggressive, push up all downfield, stretch things. Where is that balance right now as you get into preseason and into games and, and start to figure out where you're going with the football? Yeah, I mean, it's stuff that I'm going to keep trying to attack every single day, uh, every single game, and uh, right now we're learning it, trying to get the kinks out, trying to go out there and have uh, some success on the, on the field offensively, and uh, hopefully I can keep learning as we go on. You know, Patrick, you and I talked about some of the things you learned from Alex Smith a year ago, whether it be on the field or, or preparation in the film room or, or studying game plans, whatever it may be. Tonight we had several shots of you and offensive coordinator Eric Bieniemy and, and quarterback coach Mike Kafka and, of course, the other quarterbacks. Talk to me about those other quarterbacks and the communication that goes on on the sideline. What is it that you guys are getting into and discussing throughout the course of the game? Yeah, I mean, it's open communication between all of us. And so for, for me, that helps me out a ton. We try to help each other out every single day between the coaches and the other quarterbacks. And uh, I feel like as the process has gone on, we've learned more and more. And uh, we're going to keep, as we come to the sideline, we're going to make adjustments and keep trying to make the best play possible. Because you had those conversations with Alex Smith a year ago throughout the course of the year, what is it that Chad Henney is bringing? You know, this is his 11th year in the NFL. He's been a starter. He's been a backup. He's been to different organizations. What have you been able to pick from him? Yeah, I mean, I feel like he's a veteran guy. He's a guy that's been around, like you said, a lot of different offenses. He knows what, what he likes. He knows how to really explain, explain what he's seeing out there on the field, and that's something that's going to help me out a ton as the season goes on. I know Coach Reed said it was very impressive when uh, he called you up in front of the team and had you run through a bunch of different plays and a bunch of different calls. He thought that was a very next level thing for you. What was it like for you to be put on the spot like that by uh, by your coaches in front of the teammates? Yeah, I mean, kind of like I've said about Coach Reed all, all camp long is that he challenges me. He makes sure that I'm kind of on my my uh, best stuff and uh, really making sure that I'm really studying and learning. And uh, for him to kind of get me up there to, call, to do the plays and do that type of stuff is something that he's going to keep doing, keep trying to challenge me and keep making me pre prepare myself for those moments. All right, Hugh. Bill was right. Uh, that was on CBS earlier today on KCTV 5. Seven out of the eight questions he answered with, yeah, I mean. I mean, Bill was right. I don't really care. but <laughs> He had more yeah, I means than he did completions but tonight. <laughs>
But even so, I just don't think it's something you get on someone no. for. No, 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 not at all. No. It's it's a tick. It's mine is um most of the time. I got to really work on that. Got to go to the. That's all right. Go to the tape on that one. We still love you. Just give it up for Chiefs Lent. Yeah, give up um, um for I'm Chiefs Lent. I'm giving up ums for Chiefs Lent. Perfect. Let's go to Josiah, who's dialed us up. Just, uh, Josiah, welcome to the 7th Street Casino Arrowhead Pride Post Game Show. Oh, hey, guys. What's going on? Hey, you know, hanging out, talking Chiefs. Mm-hmm. All right, so I wanted to give you guys some perspective because I was at both of the preseason games last year where Patrick Mahomes, um, one of them, he played about two quarters, the other one about one and a half, and he orchestrated several long drives and looked really great, you know, no picks. I think he had two touchdowns. One was to the tight end. One was like a 40-yard bomb to Demarcus Robinson. So, I mean, you can't take much from preseason. Um, and when he, you know, got a full playbook, he was able to do all the things you would want. I think he might have been a little bit nervous. And to your guys' point, the thing that worries me about Mahomes is he doesn't seem like he's, I don't know how to say this, a really smart person. You know how they say quarterbacks, you have to be really intelligent. He seems like someone of about average intelligence. He's really smart at football, but I don't know. He just doesn't seem. You don't think Patrick Mahomes is, is very smart? No, no, no. I'm, I'm his same age, and he plays a video game known as Fortnite. And to me, that video games make, that video game specifically makes me feel stupid because it's a kid's game. So... I mean, I think he's probably fairly smart, but not as smart as you might want a franchise quarterback to be. I'll I'll chime in for a second. All right, go ahead, Kent. Um, <laughs> if uh, that little interview we just we just were done, we just got done playing of Patrick Mahomes. The last question that Carter Blackburn asked Mahomes was about the time that Andy Reid put him on the spot and made him recall and discuss several different plays back to back to back and he was just able to spew it all out you know without any problems the protections the adjustments the what the route progressions versus what coverage is you name it uh pat mahomes is a above average intelligence human being um he is capable of handling a big workload when it comes to a very complex and difficult task i have zero concerns about patrick mahomes fortnite uh addiction or whatever we're gonna call it i i don't have any concerns about him and his mental acuity at all no and this week eric Bieniemy a number of times has mentioned how he can recall what exactly what happens on the practice field to the play uh so he even is so smart that he almost has a photogenic memory uh, kind of similar to that of i i compared it on our website ourheadpride.com to lebron james that you'll see Ask LeBron any play in the game, he can spit it right back to oh, you. Oh, that, that post game that he had where he had like the first 11 plays of the game. And Mahomes' godfather is LaTroy Hawkins, and there was a CBS Sports article where he says this, he has the same type of thing, and I think that can only help him. So, Josiah, I, I, I think you're, you're selling him a little bit short, but uh, thanks for the phone call, man. We appreciate it. I played Fortnite once. I did not last very long. My 11-year-old nephew kicked my ass. I stink at Fortnite. Right. I, I, I don't. I have not made injured <laughs> i've not injured one person in that game yet i've survived i got 33rd without killing anyone but nice. that was it so you ran and hid for like 20 minutes i wasn't even trying to hide i just was that bad i, I couldn't find I anybody doing. 
Hey, uh, we're going to wrap this up, guys. we got about 90 seconds left. What are your final thoughts from tonight and looking ahead to uh, this week in camp and then ne- next week's preseason? Take it in stride. It's one game. I'll be talking a little bit more about it. I'll be on uh, with Vern tomorrow filling in for show from noon to 2. Where's then- Vern going? Uh, the show's I'm filling in for show. I'm sorry. Oh, okay. So it's Vernon Sween instead of Vernon Show tomorrow. Oh, that's right. Show's going to be at the PGA. Right. That's right. That's right. Uh, and then just quickly, Saturday, big Arrowhead Pride meetup uh, in St. Joseph. So if uh, log on to our website, you can get more information. But we're all meeting up at camp. Uh, so uh, come on up to this camp on St. Joe. I'm looking forward to seeing if there's any shakeups at practice in St. Joe on Saturday, which we will all be there. See if there's any uh, changes to who's getting reps with the second team after that performance today. I, uh, you know, I, I think that this is a preseason game. You just say, eh, okay, well, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll wait to the next one because that's all that really matters. Mahomes was meh. That's about all I got. Yeah, I mean, listen, we'll you see know. Mahomes again in 45 days. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. Hey, thanks, guys. It's been a fun first day. We'll do it again next week uh, as we'll be on the air before the next Chiefs preseason game. Hopefully be able to tune in. We'll be back at it for uh, Pete Sweeney and Kent Swanson from ArrowheadPride.com. I'm Mike Wickett. Thanks so much for listening. Have a great night. We'll see you next week. Talk to more Chiefs. Hello. I'm Spencer Hall from SB Nation, and I want to tell you about my new show, It Seems Smart. It Seems Smart is a show about people doing things that, for some reason or another, seem smart at the time. Those things might include doing a little cocaine and driving a bike up a mountain, or, I don't know, maybe racing 100 miles per hour across the country in the middle of the night with no one's permission, or even stealing a bat from an umpire's room in a Major League Baseball park. Check it out, and if you like it, tell a friend. I'm Spencer Hall. Don't do anything smart. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G Podcast. we got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to The Future of Work, a PropGPod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the PropGPod wherever you get your podcasts.